It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Andrew McCart, IFL TV. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Mr. Spencer Fearon himself. Spencer, how's things this wonderful Wednesday morning? Uh, everything's good, my end. You know, I pray everything's good, your end. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah man, I pray that you've, uh, you've had a good morning, mate. Yeah, it's my daughter's birthday I, today, so I spent the morning with her, and that's me just in the gym at half past ten in the morning. So, yeah, I've had a blessed morning. Thank you for asking. Likewise to you. Okay, good. Obviously, you're eating something there. What's that, my man? Oh, sorry. This is Cornwall porridge, right? So, um, any of my West Indian people, we know what's going on. Like, Cornwall porridge is the one. So, this is what I'm having in the morning. Big up ballers as well. Uh, yeah, because people, a lot of people say, oh, Spencer, you're always eating, which is true. If you go on a fight, it's right. I'm always eating, always eating. Um, you just got me in the house and I've got to go out and do some work in a minute. But yeah, so it's Cornwall porridge time, man. Good stuff. You know, we love porridge up in Scotland. Porridge is our national breakfast up here. So we love porridge in Scotland as well. I think we invented porridge, to be honest. Don't quote me on that, but I'm sure we did. Um, no, you did. <laughs> I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we found it somewhere along the line. I'll Google it and I'll send you. Anyway, Spencer, the reason I wanted to talk to you, obviously, uh, I always love your opinion on anything that's happening in the boxing world. And let's just jump straight into the meaty bit of it, the actual beef. Well, I don't know if you want to call it beef. Um, it seems like this ongoing saga, or this ongoing feud with Lennox Lewis, who you know very well, and Anthony Joshua, who you know very well. What What's going on here? Obviously, Lennox Lewis has criticised his fight with Nganu. Um, say something along the lines that does nothing for Anthony Joshua and does it warrant him getting a crack at the undisputed if he beats Ngannou? I just want to get your initial thoughts. Um, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but what I'm saying is, like, at what, at what point was it correct for Lennox Lewis to criticise that fight? Um, because Lennox Lewis wasn't as vocal for the Tyson Fury and Ngannou fight. Um, so if Lennox Lewis had said something for the Tyson Fury Ngannou fight, then people could have said, well, he's justified in saying what he's saying because 
he's got a track record of criticizing these crossover kind of fights and all the rest of it, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could be as Linux who's trying to say, okay, then I genuinely want the best for Anthony Joshua, right? And you you taking this fight right now with mine that's only had one professional fight, even though he's ranked in the top 10, that does nothing for you because you've beaten Otto Walling by his own admission on the tweet. You've been Otto Walling and now you're fighting Francis Ngannou. So, do you get what I'm trying to say? So, anything Lennox has said, deeming to Anthony Joshua, don't you seem like you're hating anyway? Unless he comes out and says, right, you're the best thing since sliced bread, then it'd be flipping on, on his head. So, I don't think the, the, the concept, these two men getting involved or, or, or going back and forth, I don't know why Anthony Joshua hasn't said anything in, in this case, but I know Eddie Hearn has. But like I said earlier, a lot of people could think that Eddie Hearn is being hypocritical, and this is me, right? Mm-hmm. Being hypocritical because he's very, very um, critical of the Nganu Fury fight. But to Eddie Hearn's defense, we didn't know that Francis Ngannou was going to perform in the way that he did against Tyson Fury. So, because he did, and I was asked the question when I was out there by many people, even by guys from IFL. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember telling Ray Rahim this, that Francis Ngannou now is a top 10 heavyweight. To put in a performance like that against Tyson Fury, he's now a top 10 heavyweight. And he is a top 10 heavyweight. And the fight with Anthony Joshua, even, like I've said, I've said my piece story, I said I think this fight's going to be a mismatch, and then Andy Joshua will look fantastic against him, but I shouldn't say that, because when I do say things like that, and Joshua doesn't perform in a way that he's meant to perform, and then people start saying all kinds of things. Just like when I said, Anthony Joshua should retire if his fight with Franklin was to go over six rounds. It didn't, it went 12 rounds. Now, people who are Oh, Spencer's hating on Anthony Joshua. He said that he should retire and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm saying it as a form of motivation to Anthony Joshua. Really and truly, that this man's not meant to live with you. You're meant to brush this man. Because mm-hmm. the Anthony Joshua that fought Otto Walling, I don't believe that Franklin would have gone six rounds with him. Do you get what I'm saying now? Yep. Right. But anything that you say right now, which could be um, a smidgen where people want to say it's critical, then you're hating. Oh, you're a hater. Oh, no, I'm giving an opinion. I'm giving an educated opinion as well, right? Especially from historical standpoints, that you you don't have to agree with me. You can disagree. That's fine. You can disagree with me, but I know my my points were valid. And in time, my points were even more valid because I'm telling you again, the Anthony Joshua, that box under Ben Davidson, who fought Otto Walling, would have totally obliterated, in my mind, Totally obliterated, um, Franklin. Right. But when it comes to the beef between Anthony Joshua and Lennox Lewis, I believe if they both were to sit down and speak with each other, I don't think there would be beef. Right? I really don't. But through design of the system of how this this sport is, is, they don't want them to sit down and speak to one another. Mm. Now, people are telling me that Arba Spencer, for the culture, it'd be great for these guys to sit down and talk. And I'm saying I'm way past that. You know what I mean? I regard Andy Joshua a friend, right? I regard Lennox Lewis a friend, right? In fact, I regard both men as brothers. I'm going to be real. So that's their business. 
Because I know at the end of the day, their man's bread, as we say in Jamaica, is buttered on six sides. They don't need to worry about nothing. They don't need to worry about no bills. You know what I mean? They ain't cost a living crisis. They don't need to worry about no those kind of things. So, you know what I mean? Good luck to them, man. Definitely. Spencer, is there, like you see, I see beef, I see a lot of people on Twitter calling it a beef, but is it really a beef between Joshua and Lennox Lewis? Because I've seen Lennox Lewis, he was tweeting out and he's got receipts, as he called it, of tweets where he was praising Anthony Joshua in the past as well. So it seems like he, he criticizes him when, at a certain fight, which is, as a boxing analyst as he is now, that's, he's entitled to do it. But he does also give AJ credit on the other hand as well. So is there, is there a real beef there? Can we call it a beef or is it just... So, like you call it, an educated opinion on what AJ is doing in his career? Well, I think on certain things, it could also be the people who are behind Anthony Joshua, uh, who are around him, that, you know, when whispers, nah, he's hating, nah, he's, nah, 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 you got what I'm trying to say to you? You know what I mean? I'm fortunate of the relationships that if I, if I suspect anything, then I will address it to the person themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. and it's not paranoia it's just like right if I feel something I'm going to address it right now you know what I mean if I could see something uh, and I, I and I could see it um, as a in our mother tongue of in, in Jamaica we call it bad mind if I could feel someone bad minding me bad minding me being being envious or, or, or not wishing me best intentions right in our culture we call it raw my mind's bad minding Right, meaning that you're bad minded. Mm-hmm. So, if I have a smidgen of that, mm-hmm. I'm going to address it. That's me. And someone could turn around and say, Spencer, what are you talking about? I'm saying, bro, I think you're being bad minded. End of story. Because you know what? At least I've got it off my chest and it's not playing in my head for me to start, ah, oh, because, you know what I mean? When you worry about something, you're actually praying to the devil. Mm. I could get onto that in a deeper way because the devil is not an actual living human being. The devil is an energy, yeah, that consumes the 30 trillion cells that the average human being has in his body, right? So you can either be on the side of of the shaitan, the devil, or you could be on the side of godliness and righteousness. So I want to be on the side of righteousness. And the only way I could do that is by eradicating any evil thoughts by addressing the matter at hand. Mm. And I, I, do you, and I, on the, by saying that, do you want Joshua to address Lennox Lewis? Or you no. Any hand jumping in? I no, no. Like I said, I think Joshua's bread is buttered on six sides, right? Mm. So it's, I don't want him to, you know what I mean? Before I was all about, nah, it's not good for, for our cultural identity as, as being men of colour that we're seeing like two men of color going at each other for the entertainment of the world. No, I'm not. No, now I don't care. Good luck to them. Wish them all the best. You know what I mean? I'm just going to be real. What I do know is this. What I do know is this recently, I think it was last week, Lennox Lewis buried his mother. I understand what that is like going through sudden bereavement and, and how things could be dawning. So when you're going to say things, like it's anything you say is gonna be misconstrued, but sometimes I always look at from where where is it actually coming from? What is spouting it? And do I think that Lexus's tweet was actually really critical of anti Joshua? No, because on certain things he's being absolutely right. Do these two fights prepare anti Joshua 
to become undisputed champion of the world. No, it doesn't. But then Lennox has also got to take into consideration that this is called prize fighting. And prize fighting for, for a purpose because the prize is actually financial gains. And big up to Turkey Al Sheikh for, for bringing the mass of the, the financial gains where I'm seeing people who I know who are being fantastically rewarded from it. Mm. Right? Because I'm a very vicarious person. Right? To be real. Like, Andrew, you could win a million pounds tomorrow. And as far as I'm concerned, because I know you, that million pounds mine. Right? And what I'm trying to say to you is that I'm not wishing you anything wrong or any bad mind towards it. So therefore, I am consumed in the goodness of the energy. So therefore, that energy will be resounding and kind of come on myself as well. That's how I see things. Yes, and I think that way as well, well Spencer. But you mentioned there that um, does that the Wallen or Ngannou fight prepare Joshua for the undisputed? But Lennox Lewis also said that Joshua beating Wallen and then Ngannou, which he should, does that warrant him the fight? Because he thinks that the Zhang Parker fight probably warrants the winner of that fight, one of them two, to face the winner of undisputed. That fight is has more more to it than the Joshua Ngannou fight, especially the fights that they've Do you know been. What? Do you know what? On paper, it does. Mm, I think that's what he was saying, yeah. Right, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. He's absolutely right with that one. On paper, Lennox Lewis is absolutely 1 million percent correct. Mm. Right? But they're not superstars. Zhang is not a superstar. Right? Um, Joseph Parker, who I love dearly, I think he's a fantastic fighter. And I actually think Joseph Parker is a better fighter now than when he's world champion. They're not superstars. Right? Um... Andy Joshua is. Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia want as much eyeballs as possible on their country. Right? Turkey Al Sheikh is doing a wicked job right now. You can't, no one can't turn around and say, he's doing a fantastic. Well, the eyeballs are out. So obviously, you want to have the fights that's going to bring that. Would, would Zhang versus the winner of Tyson Fury, Usyk, and I think Tyson Fury is going to win that fight, would that bring anything majorly to the table? Would that be a difficult one anyway? Just mm. say, just say, um, Joseph Parker comes out victorious against Zhang, right? Mm. Which is a brilliant fight. He comes out victorious. Now he's going to fight Tyson Fury. He's in camp with Tyson Fury. Right? Mm -hmm. So already we think, nah, there's got to be, straight away we're going to think, nah, there's got to be something iffy in there. Go down in the eighth. No, we're going to think something, right? Even though that's not happening, but that's what we're going to think. So... No, I don't. I, um, that is more worrying. Yes, for the hardcore boxing fans. Yeah, it is way more worrying. But what is the bigger fight? If Tyson Fury comes out victorious, Tyson Fury and Andy Joshua comes out victorious, you fight Tyson Fury and Andy Joshua is the biggest fight in the world. Let's not I'll be stupid yes. about it. Yes. Right? Let's not be stupid about it. And and also, and I've got to defend Lennox Lewis because Lady Shan's my friend, but she went on about some big rant that Lennox Lewis is a hater. And when Lennox Lewis lost to Oliver McCall, it took him two years for him to go and fight back Oliver McCall because he went out to go learn his trade. Mm. No, what happened was there wasn't a clause in the contract for a rematch for Lennox Lewis. When he got knocked out and lost his, the world got stopped, he got knocked out, he got stopped by Oliver McCall. There was a rematch clause in the contract. 
and Olimokul done everything within his power not to fight a rematch with Lennox Lewis because Olimokul was with Don King and Lennox Lewis was with uh, um, Frank Maloney and was doing something with top rank as well. And there were two, uh, sorry, not top rank, the Dubas. So there were two rival parties in the main event. So there were two rival parties and that's why that didn't happen. But for those who don't know history, I've got to tell people because Lennox Lewis did actually wanted his rematch and he had to wait and he had to go to court and he had to do all kinds of nonsense for him to get um, another shot um, at Oliver McCall. And at times, Tom Connolly, Oliver McCall. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Subsequently, Oliver Cool lost to Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno lost to Mike Tyson. Then Mike Tyson, instead of not fighting Lennox Lewis, they catered the WBC crown. Right. Yeah, we I just like to edge talk. Oh, so that's whole, in... with my girl, Sugar Shane's girlfriend now. So I should call her Sugar, Sugar Shane, Sugar Shan, Sugar Shan, Lady Shan, whatever. I can't, but I'm just saying, I just want people to know that part there. That is not the case. Definitely. Well, that puts me on to what you just, you touched on it slightly there. Now, in an ideal world, Fury wins, Joshua wins. We get that, the start of Riyadh season in October, um, hopefully this year, obviously. But that's what we all want to see as boxing fans because there's not really an appetite for a Joshua versus Usyk trilogy. I don't think there's an appetite. Parker and Fury are in camp together. That doesn't make much sense. It doesn't really excite the fans. So in an ideal world, world for boxing fans like me and you, Spencer, do we need Fury to win and we need Joshua to win so we can finally get that fight that you call the biggest fight in the world? We need these this to happen for the box for boxing, don't we? We do. Let's be wrong. We do. And not only that, it's so great now that we have an amalgamation of Matchroom and Queensbury, right? So that would be a relatively easy fight to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've got to pick up um, Turkey Al Sheikh because Turkey Al Sheikh is coming to the game like the headmaster, right? He's coming to the school like the headmaster. And he's like, you sit down, you sit down, let's do your thing. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He had a big ruler back in the day. I think you're old enough to remember when you used to get beaten with a ruler. Because I know that was going on regular up in Scotland before they changed the legislation. Still going on. Still going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, listen, obviously. But talk to you about that. You said Tyson Fury is going to beat uh, Alexander Usyk. Um, and I think we touched on this a little bit. Boxing IQ, they probably have the same boxing IQ. But like I said, Tyson's got that 6'9". We saw what he'd done to Wilder when he used that extra 30, 40 pounds he had. And he took Wilder's legs away from him by leaning on him. Do you think the, sort of like the, the tactics for Tyson Fury going in this one is to use the size that he's got over Usyk? And we know, and you know very well yourself, there's a subject that we've talked about with the Dubois fight, that he doesn't quite like 
uh, to the body of Usyk. So for you, do you look at that fight and think, Tyson, use your size to your advantage and touch him to the body? Is it as simple as that for Tyson Fury? No, it's not as simple as that because Tyson Fury is not renowned as a body puncher. Mm. So, you know what I mean? You're not saying that he doesn't got uh, uh, body shots in his, in his, in his vocabulary of, of, of throwing, how he throws his fists um, and his attacking style, but Tyson Fury is not known as a body puncher. Uh, and usually big guys aren't. Mm. Big tall guys usually aren't known as, as, as body punchers. Um, but in saying that, Tommy Hearns, and now he's with um, the lineage of the Kronk in Sugar Hill, um, Tommy Hearns, he's got one, two, and he goes left up, left up to the body, but quite hard. But mm. Tyson Fury noted as being a, uh, a body puncher, but he does know there's flaws downstairs on him. So there are flaws with him on the body shots. Um, but there's also susceptibility to Tyson Fury go, getting caught on the blind side and going over. But if you think on the guys that had him over recently, he's like Francis Ngannou is meant to be the hardest punching man on the planet right now, right? On by this UFC machine. And Dante Wilder, as we know, when he's on it, Dante Wilder hits you, it's good night, baby. So um, I think it's going to be a very, very tactical fight and it depends. If Tyson Fury's completely on it, and if he's completely on it, then I see him being victorious. But he has to be absolutely 100% completely on it. Not for the fact that he's too big. It's because Tyson Fury is his relatable education fire. We can relate to the education stuff there. Well, I can, right? I can relate to that. I can relate to the things that Usyk does, but Usyk does, to me, more genius things. I think we give credit to Tyson Fury because he's so big and his body plyometrics isn't meant to do the things that he does, but he manages to do it. Yeah. And that's why it's a great fight. But I still see Tyson Fury coming out of the tourists. And I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're just probably three weeks. So, yeah, three weeks from Saturday, I think, is away from seeing this undisputed heavyweight fight. And I'm... Saturday, you cannot miss... You can't, can't miss it. Um, can't miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I think... The whole thing of the whole Saturday thing has been excellent. Big up Spencer Brown, big up Gold Star Promotions, big up Francis Warren, big up Frank Warren, big up George Warren, big up everyone that's made all these kind of things happen because I don't know when we were about to go and see the materialization of that we're going to see an actual undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And now we have the opportunity to actually see it. It's been 25 years since the last time. You know what I mean? That's you can't wait. Right, so... It's going to be good. And I'm going to touch on, you said, you also said that Turkey Alasheikh has come in like a headmaster or a big ruler and telling everybody to sit down and get the fight made. So this brings me on nicely to a fight that I want to see. I know the heavyweights are the heavyweights and everyone tunes in to see the heavyweights, but a fight that I think is probably one of, probably not far behind the Tyson Fury-Joshua fight is Tank Davis and Devin Haney. Now, Turkey Alasheikh has said he wants to see that in Saudi in 2024. Spence, talk to me. Listen, did you see the interview that he did with Addy? Let me just pick up Addy as well as my guy. Yeah, Addy Aladipo, yep. Right? Um, Turkey Al Sheikh. Uh, Spencer Brown was telling to me ages ago, like, and you say to me, like, he really knows boxing. Yeah? And I'm going to be real. I'm saying you could be a fan. Like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkey Al Sheikh. Yeah, you're running things, but my name No, he does know boxing. Mm-hmm. And you know why I know that he knows boxing? When they say to him, who are your favorite fighters, right? And Turkey Al Sheikh turns around and he says, Roberto Duran. That's my favorite right? fighter. Mm. Right, Roberto Duran is his favorite fighter 
And he also said, yeah, he said Roberto Duran and Larry Holmes. When somebody says that to you, they know boxing. Right? Because Larry Holmes actually goes underneath the radar. I don't want to bore people about the histrionics of Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes was an absolutely fantastic boxer. Right? And he'd wear you down. And he, and also, I think, in the 80s, when when uh, cocaine hit America hard, um, he was disciplined enough to stay away from all of that and stay focused and stay in the gym. Right? An absolutely fantastic, fantastic fighter. One of the most educated jabs that I've ever seen in the heavyweight division. Like his jab, I would say Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes, and Lennox Lewis. Those three guys, I'm sorry, let me not forget Sonny Liston as well, former heavyweight champion of the world as well. Like those, those guys, trust me. Yeah. But Larry Holmes, actually incredible fighter. And Roberto Duran, he's tyrannical reign as a lightweight. People do not go back to seeing your same your favorite fighter. Mm-hmm. Just go and watch Roberto Duran. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is, like, they were out. They're out in Saudi quite regularly. So when Turkey Al Sheikh saying that they're his favorite fighters, then I'm telling you now, the guy knows boxing. Talking about tanking Devin Haney, then, I think that fight, right, for me is... Is up there, and that's what gets my my juices flowing. I just think you've got people. People that might think that Tank Davis is this knockout artist, but he he's one of them ones you talk about that downloads that information because he only throws maybe ten punches around. I think on average, because he's down there, he's waiting for his perfect shot, and he's just waiting for that perfect shot, and he lands it. What nine times out of ten? I think he's got an eighty plus I, knockout ratio. I, Tank Davis is a uh, phenomenon. And more so, people were talking, well, Tank isn't that disciplined. Tank isn't that disciplined. But he must be doing something, right? Because the guys are unbeaten fire, mm-hmm. right? And the guy bangs out guys profusely, right? It's horrible how he looks out, guys, right? And, and like, when, like, it's mad because a lot of people say he don't hit that hard. But he must be doing something right. Because, right, <laughs> he must be doing something right. Tank... He's a he's a really good fighter. I'd love to see him and Devin Haney, uh, especially to the fact that they both recently converted to Islam. Um, to have that fight in Saudi Arabia, I think there's a bigger bearing to that. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too deep and scare people right now, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm joking, right? But I'm saying to you, like, there is, and I think the money that would be purported to put that together, it will be a no-brainer for it not to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? I think. Uh, Devin Haney said something about, oh, you've got um, 72 Ferraris or something. And yeah, and then we could start negotiations, something like that. I see that. Um, I, I really do believe that can happen. But the only way that it is going to happen, because Turkey Al Sheikh is dealing with everyone, Turkey Al Sheikh is going to sit down with Al Heyman. Mm. Right? And, and uh, you know, Al Heyman's got, he's a very, very influential, powerful man. Uh, where he could make things not happen. But because everybody's seen everything happen out in Saudi now, I think, like, do not be surprised. Al Heyman's not going to be sitting down with Turkey Al Sheikh in the near future to make that fight happen. Yeah, it's exciting times, especially. I, 2023 was a good year. We spoke about that, Spence. But I think if 2024, with what's planned ahead and what fights we could have... Um, it's the best year so far. It's been the best year that we've had in ages. Definitely. I totally agree. But listen, we've got to talk about brilliant fights here on our shores as well and 
Colin, being in London, being down there, Spence, how excited are you for Dan Aziz and Joshua Boazzi? I think it's next week, is it? Um, week yeah. Saturday. Um, Come on, um, talk about this. Is this, um, is this, is this, is this no, go, go, go on, you go. I'll let you have it. This fight here, yeah, is, is a fight that's gone under the radar, but it's for the bragging rights of the barbershops. Right? Similarly to Craig Richards and Joshua Boatsy, but that kind of went underneath the radar as well, maybe because it was on the zone, right? Or maybe it's like, I'm going to be real, like certain people have to understand, when you're dealing with um, a street culture, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to get the guys from that street culture who are really big, like the rappers, like, you know what I mean, like the footballers who come from that demographic, you need to get them all behind that fight. I think it's a fantastic fight simply because I believe that I, um, Joshua Boatsy has an identity crisis. He wants to be around the Hollywood one day and then he wants to be, uh, um, he wants to be Andre Ward another day, right? Uh, but one thing that I have to rate with Dan Aziz, Dan Aziz actually knows who he is. He styles himself on Marvin Hagler. You know what I mean? He watches Marvin Hagler. Like, I'm going to have to go do things the hard way. And Dan Aziz is actually a throwback fighter to the 80s. Everything about him. Yeah. I could have seen, I could see Dan Aziz fighting um, fighting at the, the London Arena way before your time. The yeah. London Arena being promoted by Frank Warren back in the day. You know what I mean? In his velvet shorts, how he fights. He's that guy. It's a great fight. I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm doing some bits for, for, for Boxer, which I'm kind of chuffed to be doing. Um, I think that is going to be a wonderful, wonderful fight. Spence, you talked about the bragging rights in the barbing shop. Now, this is for the Brits and Commonwealth title, but for two two guys that are from the same city, from that culture that you keep talking about and all that, is bragging rights more than this British title? Is, does the bragging rights mean more than the British title, the Commonwealth title in this fight? No, because the the British title historically is a, is a fantastic uh, a crown to hold. And historically, great men who've held that title. You mean... I mean, none, none greater than John Conti, who goes underneath the radar. People seem to forget about it. He was a fabulous, fabulous fire. Um, but who was trained by the late, great George Francis. But I would say that the British title was like the icing on the cake because we've got to be realistic. The British title means to individuals. It's a, it's a fantastic, aesthetically, it's a beautiful belt to look at. Mm-hmm. Right, and so we, we we'd have to be realistic and say like the two men have to go and give their best, but the onus is on Joshua Boatsy, mm-hmm. right? Really perform to to the level. He had a fantastic barn burn of a fight with Craig Richards, right? You know what? In, out of all of this, the person I really feel sorry for is Craig Richards because people have seemingly forgotten about him because the talk is like the winner of this fight here could potentially face Anthony Yard, right? That's the talk, right? You must have heard it. I've you know heard what I mean? Yeah. Right, so, it, uh, the, yeah, I'm going to be real. The person I really feel sorry for is, is Craig Richards. I hope that he gets a big fight soon as well. Yeah, I know he's changed uh, trained, trained, training teams now, Craig Richards, yeah, but, yeah, that Aziz Boaz yeah. is what I'm looking forward to. So, uh, it's, listen, Spence, we've got, what, 
nine minutes left on this Zoom call, but I know you've got to do some proper work. You've got to do some real work, not just talk with me. Just work. Um, but yeah, just want to say, um, just big up to you, Andrew, man. You're, you're doing good stuff, man. You know what I mean? You're keeping the fire um, burning. So I like that. I'm, I'm trying, me. I'm trying. I've just got one of the young guys that are trained right now, just walked in the gym right now. So we're going to do some pads. And he's got the Scottish Championships coming up. So we're going to do a little pad session, get him ready, get him sharp. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just getting himself ready just now. He's fighting the Scottish Championships. What weight is he? What weight is he? 64. So light welter. Light welter. Super lightweight uh, now. 21. 21. Well, what's his name? Lewis Connolly. Lewis Connolly. I wish you all the best. But wait, Connolly is an Irish name. What's going on there? Yeah, Scots Irish. Scots Irish. Nah, bro. <laughs> We're all the same. We're all Celtic people, brother. We're all Celtic. Yeah, Celtic, but Connolly, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, it is, it is actually, yeah, it is, because Billy Connolly as well. But yeah, I know a lot of Connolly are Irish, so yeah. Anyway, I wish you all the best. Do your best, mate. You just you hear that, Luke? Just said thank you there, Spence. All right, mate. Mate, right, Spence, I'll speak to you soon, brother, no doubt. Listen, hey, I'll speak to you soon, brother. Thank you, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.